Welcome, everyone, to the Bike Talk with Dave podcast. I'm your host, Dave Mabel, and I really appreciate you tuning in to this week's episode. If you listened last week, you heard that my watch told me to go for a walk, and, well, I'm doing the same thing this week. (laughs) I don't like reading the intro, but I don't like rambling either, and I find that if I get out and about, then I can talk without rambling too much, and here I am rambling. Anyway, it's a chilly night, 30 degrees, and that leads me to, well, quite frankly, it leads me to riding indoors, and that's what this week's episode is all about, is riding indoors with Matt Gardner, the manager, owner, and rider with the Saris No Pins eSport team. That's right, eSport. They race on Zwift, Ruby, Whoosh, all the online platforms. And I really wanted to talk to him as we dive into this indoor season. Welcome, Matt Gardner, to Bike Talk with Dave. I'm glad to have you on. It's the perfect timing. I know that you probably spend a lot of time indoors year-round on your bike. However, for a great majority of us, uh, it is the beginning of indoor season. So I'm glad to have you on and talk about your, uh, gosh, your your life of Zwifting. You've hit some milestones, and uh, I shouldn't just say Zwifting because I know you've you've used some other platforms as well. But you're primarily on Zwift, and you've built a whole team around it, which is unique and cool so thanks for coming on appreciate it thanks for having me dave i really do appreciate it yeah absolutely um first of all uh who are you (laughs) so i'm matt gardner i live in des moines iowa like you um and des moines is like the hub of cycling in the universe i think (laughs) it really is yeah it seems that it's kind of the hub for esports too because uh we have megan easler who raced for the world uh USA Worlds team last year and uh, Liz Van Helling as well. So yep. uh, we're also both on my team. Yes, that's awesome and I'm excited to talk about them. Yep, it's a very small world here in Des Moines. <laughs> <laughs> it is, isn't it? Well, it's interesting because your, I mean, your world, uh, you can be in communication, riding with, um, as you said earlier, on a coffee ride with people from all over the world in your basement on a regular basis, which it is a very, very small world. Yeah, that's so our team, um, we have around 25 men and women. Um, uh, Sarah Snowpins is our team and we're spanned from Des Moines, Iowa to uh, New Zealand. So what's kind of fascinating is we're able to ride in the morning here. It might be four in the morning, but it, it's nine o'clock in Melbourne. So uh, one of my Australian teammates, I'll be racing with him right before he goes to bed and I've just mm. woken up for the day. So it's yeah, crazy. Uh, unique opportunity um, in racing on Zwift to be able to connect with people all around the world. Yeah, that's that's super fun. And I want to get into the team more in a little bit, but um, I know it, it's kind of no surprise, I guess, that you ended up spending a good portion of your time indoors on, and I've actually heard you use the word uh, gaming. Um, you spent a lot of time gaming in junior high, high school, didn't you? I did. I uh, I'll, I had a healthy addiction to Call of Duty and, and Halo uh, in high school, where I would pretty much get home from school and spend my time playing video games um, with my friends. And 
yeah, it's, it's really not surprising to me that I've transferred that from uh, traditional video gaming to like physical esports um, once I found uh, a love of cycling and then able to connect that with riding inside. That's which is it's it's a it's a nice mashup of my hobbies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sure seems to be. Did you do any sports in high school? Yeah, I played hockey um, and then I've skateboarded. Well, I don't anymore. I was I actually got my my board out this weekend <laughs> just out of curiosity. Um, uh, I'm not the skateboarder that I used to be, but that's what, that was probably that? the primary the primary sport that I did. Um, I played hockey for a club team in Des Moines um, oh. a couple times a week from like age six till age eighteen. But well, yeah, you were deep. I mean, that's yeah, that's a commitment for yeah. sure. Yeah, I was I was not really a competitive person. Like I I loved hockey, but I I was not. I wasn't very competitive with it. I just enjoyed the sport and getting to play with my friends. Um, but yeah. I can see the uh, kind of the transfer from hockey to skateboarding. And the only question I have for you is when you got your skateboard out, did you go down to the skate park? <laughs> I, did, I didn't. Actually, I live a mile from my childhood home, which is very close to my, my skate park that I always would go to. But uh, no, I stayed in my driveway. Oh. Too, too scared of rolling an ankle or, or hitting my shins. <laughs> That's so funny. I, I, I grew up skateboarding as well. And uh, uh, every now and again, I get the skateboard out. I've been to Lord's in a couple times and, you know, kind of hit that little quarter pipe. And I, it's super fun. It's, man, if that thing was around when I was a kid, like, I'd still be skateboarding. You're braver than I am. <laughs> I braver or dumber. I don't know. You know, I still ski, which... I, it all seems to like relate to each other. Those that same kind of flow and feeling and mountain biking, I feel is kind of the same, but, um, I don't know, knock on wood. Um, in my adult life, I've only ended up in the hospital once because of skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's not so bad. Oh, I didn't break anything, but I sure thought I did. Anyway, that's, that's a sidebar. We don't need to go into any further. Um, so my question would be, what led you from uh, going home, sitting on the couch, and logging into um, uh, Halo to sitting on the seat of a bike? What, what happened in between there that got you outside and doing endurance sports? It's, it's kind of a long story, but in college, my entire family did P90X, like in 20. 10, 2009, it was like really big back then. Mm -hmm. um, and my entire family did it. So I did P90X, cause I was not athletic at all um, and finished that. And then my roommate in college was like, let's go to run a mile. Let's go to the, let's go to the track and try and run. And I ran like a half a lap and was like, I can't do that. I, I am, and I was embarrassed cause we were in, in the indoor gym at Iowa State. And I was like, holy crap, I... You I, did a half a lap of the half, indoor gym? Uh, I did like... So like uh, 150 yards? Yeah, I did like... I ran very little. And <laughs> wow. I was, it was, I was embarrassed. I was like, I'm fit. Because I finished P90X. I felt like I was really strong. And uh, that day, I was like, I'm changing the way that I am athletic. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become a runner. And so oh. I ran every day for like years. And... Um, I never really honestly got that great at running, but it changed me, my perspective on what I can do. And I signed up for a sprint triathlon. I don't even know why or how, but somehow I got signed up for a sprint try, um, did that. And as most triathletes will tell you, um, when you do your first triathlon, it's like very addicting. Like you're, you will either, you'll either hate it and get out of it completely, or you'll make it a significant part of your life. And that's what I did. So I raced, 
up to half Ironman um, from 2014 or 2012 was my first try. But oh, in, happy um, anniversary, 2022. <laughs> 10 years yeah. of, athletic, of endurance sports. Um, but yeah, then 2019 was the last triathlon that I did. Um, 70.3 World Championships in Nice, France. Oh, wow, that's was, super cool. It was a cool. good way to go out on the sport, which the race was at the end of a, a 10-day vacation with my wife. So I was not very focused on performance at that race, but it was a uh, nice way to uh, victory lap out of the sport because that was yeah. the last one that I did. You know, I always I used to run marathons a fair bit, and, you know, people's objective are like New York or Boston. And when people would get to Boston, they'd be all focused on, like, oh, I want to set a PR and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? Screw that. When you go to Boston, just enjoy being at Boston. Yep. Throw your time out the window. So it sounds like that was your France. Yeah, I mean, it was. it's pretty hard to race at the end of, it was the 10th day of a vacation. Unless so you had like, no fun on your vacation. Yeah, and we wanted to enjoy it. We were in Paris for a few days and then uh, went to Nice. So yeah, it would have been a pretty boring vacation to to be hyper-focused on performance at the end of it. Correct, but, correct. But yeah, I agree. Like it was nice to just really soak it in because the world championships are, are huge and people from all over the world and um, yeah, it was quite the experience. But before that, I, I really, I was way into riding inside and Zwift before I um, went, before 2019. Cause so I think I'm coming up on my fifth year of Zwift racing. Okay, um, of or, Zwift racing. Yeah, of like focusing on racing on Zwift. I think in, it was pretty late 2017 that I really got into it. Um, so what led you from triathlon? And I know it's a great, workout I certainly who I mean I remember the days going in my basement set my bike up on a turbo trainer with just fan resistance yep. super loud and uh, I I can remember I had two workouts like scribbled down on a piece of scratch paper and I would turn on the radio and I would do my like one minute off 30 seconds on one minute on 30 seconds off you know, and, and make my 45 minutes of <laughs> hell go by, by following that little piece of paper. Um, so it's pretty common to work out indoors, but I mean, you've taken it to a whole new level. What led you indoors initially? Um, I was towards the end of a triathlon season, I was training, kind of gearing up or I contemplated doing a marathon. So I was, I was gonna do a long run um, on a Sunday, on a Saturday morning, I was spinning my legs out and I crashed my bike and broke my collarbone. So um, the, I was pretty concerned because I had a lot of fitness and I didn't want to lose it. So literally the next day I had set up on my turbo trainer, which is an old wheel on uh, crappy dumb trainer. And I held on to the rafters in my basement with my good arm and just kind of sat upright with my arm in a sling. And that was one of the first times that I really rode on Zwift. I hooked up my power meter and um, was like, well, I guess this is my, the next six weeks of trying to maintain some kind of fitness. Um, and by the end of the six weeks, I enjoyed Zwift enough that I bought a very expensive smart trainer and was like, okay, well, let's see what this is all about. And um, as soon as I was able to use both arms, I, I don't even know. I, got, I just like stumbled into racing on the, on the platform, um, kind of peer pressure with some people I'd met in various group rides. And um, yeah, it's, it's like triathlon where once you really, once it like the switch flips and you kind of understand the racing aspect and how to race on the game, um, it's very addicting. And it's, it's, 
nice to be able to scratch that competitive itch whenever you want to, because it's like, if I were to race traditionally outside, maybe there's six races in Des Moines that I could really go target um, for road racing, but I can do that every single day just in my basement, which is for a competitive, I'm competitive now. I, I said that I wasn't competitive growing up, but that's, it's nice to be able to have that outlet um, basically whenever you want to. So describe for me the difference between uh, a, a circuit a flat circuit race without a lot of corners, a lot of hills to break it up, but just a flat circuit race and a race on Zwift. Because the reason I ask is I, I've always said cycling is 90% game of chess, 90% NASCAR, and 90% fitness. Mm -hmm. um, and and I'm I'm personally really good at the the NASCAR and the the kind of the strategy the game of chess, but my fitness is not great. I've never had awesome power. I've never been able to like just sprint away and stay away from everybody on earth and um, hammer away from from people. And I don't know, maybe it's the um, bags of flour that I strap <laughs> around my waist, perhaps, uh, but. I feel like when you get on the trainer, it's all about just power. So it's, explain to me the difference between racing on the road and, and kind of that, that game of chess, the game of NASCAR and the fitness versus Zwift, where it seems to me like it's just fitness. Is that true or not true? Uh, it, it really depends, I would say. And I truly cannot speak from experience outside because I've done one circuit race. Okay. So our local Waterworks yep. uh, circuit race, I did that once as a Cat 5, which I still am a Cat 5. Um, broke away with a friend, uh, Sean Austin, who was on Ames Velo at the time. Uh -huh. And we rode away together, and I pulled the last lap, and he sprinted, out sprinted me at the end for the win. So. Huh, really? That's yeah. crazy. I can't even believe he would out sprint you if you pulled the whole last lap. Yeah. That shows how much tactics I have outside. Um, <laughs> well, you got second. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you didn't get 22nd. Um, but Zwift is, what's hard is I think a lot of people um, jump into a race, but every single race um, on, the, on the calendar or whatever, the schedule, they all might have different characteristics. Um, like one might have a huge field of 100 people. Well, that will just be a time trial basically because it's impossible to break away from a hundred rider field doing 30 miles an hour on a flat. Um, but there, there's, you could join a pack, a, a smaller field race where maybe there's 20 people. Um, if you go in there with a few teammates, you can keep sending someone up the road to try and get away. Um, do that enough and you will get someone up the road and free. Um, and I would say that's one thing that our team really focuses on is going like in the, I race in the mornings at between four and six thirty in the morning. Um, we'll go into a race with four or five guys and hope that well, we'll pick one that has anywhere from 20 to 40 people and uh, as, as the field size. Mm -hmm. And if the field's that kind of that big, we're able to to continually attack, maybe save one person and say, hey, you're going to be our our hedge bet for the, the finish. Let them kind of sit in and the other people try and get away. Maybe it works and we get someone free up the road, but um, if not, we've saved a person in the pack who can s try and sprint against everyone. But So in the pack, you're literally saving energy. Like yeah. there's fewer watts needed to sit in the pack Definitely. than there are out front. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and I think that 
a lot of people become intimidated by joining a Zwift race because often they might join and be in the wrong category for themselves or think of themselves as, oh, I'm an A racer, but maybe they really should be in like a C level race. Zwift has categories of races, much like outside, um, A being the highest and D being the lowest. But like my first Zwift race, I got my absolute, I got my ass kicked. And it was like up a mountain, which I'm not a mountain climber. Um, and it scared me. I don't think I did another race for like three months because it was such a hard effort. And I was like, I never want to do that again. Yeah. Um, but no, knowing the courses, um, knowing where you're going to need to surge your effort ahead of time, like knowing the course before you actually go race it is pretty key. Um, and so I mean, much like outside, if you were to just like go jump into a mountain stage of the Tour de France, you'd get your doors blown off and you'd hate bicycling completely. So. I'd get my doors blown <laughs> off in the neutral zone before they even yeah. start the race. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, can I hop in your car? Give me a ride to the finish. But yeah, I think there is a significant amount of uh, call it Zwift craft or game craft, knowing, knowing where to position yourself at certain times in a race, um, based on what the terrain is going to do ahead. Um, or seeing the pack surge at a certain point and knowing you also need to lift your effort to maintain your speed. Cause yeah, once you get taken off the back of the race, well, like outside your, your race is over. Dropped is dropped. <laughs> yeah. Yep. There's no way to get back on once the pack has dropped you. Huh? Wow. Uh, even if you hold on to the handle of the team car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Maybe a future update. There'll be a team car. That'd <laughs> right, be nice. Right. Uh, the Vincenzo Nibali edition. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't say that. <laughs> um, you know, you, you kind of just described me like I'm, I would be terrified to jump in a race because I know that my, no, I don't know, actually. I mean, I'm old now. I'm not as fit as I was when I was 27. Um, I'm sure I don't have the power. I'm sure I don't have the VO2 that I had when I was 27 or 37 or 47 or whatever. <laughs> um, and so I feel like if I jump in a race, I'm just going to get my ass handed to me and I'm just going to be riding alone and, and whatever. Uh, but if I found the right group and the right situation, you're suggesting that might be different and I might like be able to find a group to ride with and compete with? Yeah, I think totally. Um, and it, it's really kind of trial and error because I know there are certain races in my window of riding in the morning. I know there are certain races that have a consistent field around my effort or ability level. Um, there might be some insane pros that sign up and like this last Tuesday, uh, Victor Campenarch is in our race. Uh, and yeah, he made it very hard. Um, yeah, what happens when a, uh, I know uh, Matthew Vanderpool was a, um, he's done some commercials for Zwift. I don't know if he's still paid by Zwift, but um, what, if he shows up, does he ever, like, do you ever see guys like that? Yeah, he does. He hasn't raced uh, that much on Zwift, I don't, I don't believe. Yeah. Um, Would those guys just like ride away from? It depends on the course. Um, really? Victor didn't ride away, but he was more or less doing a workout in the race. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, having the ability to know what you can get away with in the draft and sitting behind someone, um, I mean, I can ride with people that are, that should on paper beat me by quite a bit because I know how to position myself or where, the, where the effort's going to move. And, um, yeah. They're not going to outright run right away on a on a rolling course, but if you put a 
five or 10 minute climb on there, of course they're gonna sure. absolutely destroy you. <laughs> yeah, huh, that's interesting. Um, you're describing a bit of uh, the game of chess within Zwift. That's, I find that very interesting. Like my curiosity is peaked. Uh, for context, when I ride indoors, I've been on Ruby, mm -hmm. which is different than Zwift. First of all, there are way fewer people on Ruby than there are on Zwift. Um, I, I know they have races. I haven't tried one yet because I'm scared. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> <You're fine. laughs> this is why I, this is um, why I edit. Uh, but um, game of chess racing on. Ruby. Oh yeah, I, I don't. I don't envision any game of chess within the context of Ruby. It's just about watts per kilogram, mm -hmm. and and you know whatever you do, whether you're going uphill or downhill, it's watts per kilogram. I can hold you know, three watts going up this climb and then three watts going down the climb. Sure. Really the only thing that changes is the indicator of speed mm -hmm. on the computer. Yep. You know what I mean? Right. Going uphill, I'm going 5.4 miles an hour. Going downhill, I'm going 42 miles an hour. Yep. Otherwise my effort is the exact same. It yeah. doesn't feel any different. It doesn't feel any different when I jump behind my little ghost avatars and it says I'm getting a um, aerodynamic Okay. benefit yeah i don't feel it i'm still I putting think, out 250 watts or whatever i think the biggest thing is like immersion and the setup that i have is more than anyone else is going to do as far as like <laughs> trying to get their their setup like dialed in you know you have the imax theater of <laughs> swift i do i do yeah but so but what i think it, what that enables me to do is truly feel like I'm riding on Zwift. Um, because if you're just setting up an iPad, if you're just in your dark, dingy basement, set up an iPad on, a, on an ironing board, it's hard to disconnect that you're just in your basement uh, suffering. And I think what, what I've done is basically made it so I've eliminated all extra distractions. So like I'm, I get, I am very dialed into the, to the game. Um, also the, the smart trainer gives you feedback on whether you're going uphill or downhill. So there's that. And then I've got the rocker plate, um, which is an, an extra layer of immersion where I feel like I'm actually riding a bicycle because the bike moves the way I want it to predictably like it would outside. Um, you know, if I surge, I can, I can use my arms to generate more torque on the pedals because like if you're sprinting outside, you're throwing the bike back and For forth sure. and I can do the same inside. Um, and I think that helps. Like, so when I'm jumping into the draft, I just know that you don't actually feel like it gets any easier. Like you said, it, you're still like on a downhill, you can still do three Watts per kilogram. Um, even though you're going downhill, you don't need to, but you're still pedaling where it's just like the more you ride inside, the more, you know, okay, I can go to actually coast on a downhill. So in a race, I'll, I fully coast whenever I possibly can. Really? Um, because I know that I'm not going to get dropped by stopping pedaling because uh, in it, that the, situation. The computer knows you're coasting. Right. And you're going downhill and you have gravity. Exactly. Carrying um, you down. Huh. And I think where a lot of people get intimidated riding on, on Zwift or racing is that it feels like a time trial every single time. Right. Um, and once you are able to understand that, oh, there is draft benefit, I'm not going to get dropped, it's a downhill, I can coast your effort becomes so much more varied. It's mm -hmm. much like outside where, right. you know, you're pedaling here really hard and then you're coasting and uh, there's no corners on Zwift that you need to like not pedal on, but right. um, 
<laughs> you don't clip a pedal, would you? Right, yeah. right. Because um, then you might go down and break your collarbone. Yeah. And then you'd have to go inside on Zwift. <laughs> Wait, you already are. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can still you can still crash your bike inside. I have a yes. teammate that has crashed his I bike. I have done that on rollers for sure. <laughs> um, yes. But Sorry yeah. Sorry for that broken coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that one, I think it just takes repetition, time, time on the game and, and learning that there is draft benefit because there is a significant benefit. Um, there might be someone who averages 400 watts in a race or whatever, six watts per kilogram, but I can sit behind them at four and a half um, and not get dropped. So, yeah. And then sprint around them. And then sprint around them at the end. Huh, a lesson you learned in Waterworks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. So what would you recommend for somebody, uh, you know, we've got listeners all around the world who are at every level of uh, ability and experience. So if somebody's just like thinking of going from gravel to Zwift or road racing to Zwift or Ragbri to Zwift, yeah. uh, what do you recommend? How do you recommend starting and... and I think the like the number one upgrade is a smart trainer to feel like you're riding on hills inside um, because that like that tricks your brain like you feel a mountain. Uh, so I had a dumb trainer that I, I rode when I first started out and I would have my piece of paper with my workout written down um, and I would just stare at my wall and go through my intervals. but. I, looking back at the power that I was doing, I didn't re ever really push myself all that hard because mm. it just sucked so much and I was just suffering. Um, and you just, every second is like an eternity. Yeah, it really, you just stare at the time. You're like, yep. oh my God, how's it been 10 minutes only? Right. Um, where I'm exact opposite now where 90 minutes on the trainer is like a short ride for me. So, huh, wow. Um, but the smart trainer allows your brain to like actually get transported into the game so you can feel like you're actually powering your avatar um, in the game but aside from that if you already have a smart trainer i think the best thing you can do is get uh they call them blower fans hmm. so uh it's like a carpet fan yep but that's the one thing that people do inside is not cool themselves enough so um Riding outside, you know, if you're going 25 miles an hour, you've got 25 mile an hour wind for sure on you. Yep. Um, doesn't matter if it's 90 degrees outside, that's that's cooling you uh, significantly. And if you're inside, um, you produce a ton of heat and not cooling yourself appropriately is gonna make you just suffer and sweat more than you need to. Um, and I have, I use two blower fans and I don't sweat, I don't drip sweat on the ground when I ride. Or, huh. And a dehumidifier, I noticed. Yes. That's I, interesting. Yeah, I, I Zwift in a pretty small room, um, so I run a dehumidifier constantly while I'm riding. Um, yeah. Because if I don't, that room will reach 100% humidity in like 20 minutes, um, which makes you sweat more and makes it very uncomfortable to try and push power. Mm -hmm. If somebody's starting out, when do they start looking for group rides or even races? literally any moment of the day there's races going on um mm -hmm. with oh, anywhere from 10 to 400 people in the race um on on zwift they have these things called i think they it was called a pace partner but they just changed it to robo pacer um but there are these like little ghosts that mm -hmm. ride around at a constant pace and there's at any time there's a, a group around them up to 
I don't know, I've seen like 200 people riding with some of the the, the pacer bots at any time. Oh, it's just and like it's in basically, a marathon. Yeah, it's like a group ride um, and at a set pace. So you know, oh, if you're joining the, the C pace partner at 2.3 watts per kilo, then you can average 2.3 and you won't get dropped with that group, um, huh. which is, is nice. Um, it's like an on-demand group workout pretty much, or group ride all the time, um, which a lot of the time that's what I'll do is for my warm up is just go ride with the pace partner and ride until So if that pace partner is at 2.3 watts per kilogram all the time, and I'm going back to when you and I had little slips of paper with like 15 seconds on, 15 seconds off, 15 seconds on, 15 off, five minutes at you know, zone four or whatever. Mm -hmm. How do you get that when you're hanging out with somebody who's doing 2.3 watts per kilogram? Well, you could, that's what's nice is if, let's say that's an, an easy recovery pace for you, you can use that group as a workout and sprint ahead and then during your recovery, fall back into the group and then sprint ahead and kind of use it as a workout um, if you really wanted to. Or I mean, you can just go do a workout wherever you want on Zwift. Sure. Um, you can load your workout into the game and then have it and follow the prompts of it. But um, oh yeah, yep. I've seen Dee do that. Dee uses Zwift. Okay. And uh, so I've seen her do that yeah. actually. Uh, what about that test? The um, oh, an FTP test. She does an FTP test. Talk about FTP um, and how it relates. So uh, FTP is how you figure out your category in the game. Um, so like an A racer is four watts per kilogram. FTP and above, um, 3.2 to 4 is B, 2.5 to 3.2 is C, and then below 2.5 is D rider. Um, I honestly haven't done an FTP test in three or four years. I don't like to suffer for that. <laughs> I don't like to suffer for the, the test as, uh, as little as possible. I'll do that test. Um, I know my numbers pretty well and know my where I'm at any time in my training and what I could probably do for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of, oh, I have a different, I don't, well, I, I ride a whole bunch and train a whole lot, but I, I truly don't follow workouts or anything. Um, I, I race a whole lot. Those are my workouts. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so for people who don't know, an FTP test is a, you do a five minute clearing effort, which is five minutes basically at your FTP and then a 20 minute interval as hard as you can for 20 minutes. And then that determines what your one hour, 95% of what you do for those 20 minutes is your FTP. Um, and then that huh. number you use to set training targets. Um, and that's a good, it's a good test to, to try and um, track your progress and then do a bunch of interval, or interval work, do different workouts, and then test again and see if you've improved. Yeah, um, yeah the last one I did was like 2019. I think I did it on New Year's Eve and 20 minutes all out is a very, very tough effort. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I've done 20 minute climbs on in races, which I could probably consider a, an FTP test. Um, right. But yeah, my, my desire to just stare at the time and do full 20 minutes just to test myself, um, I don't care to do it. It's reminiscent of the past. Yeah, yep. Um, and 20 minutes trying to hold those same watts. You don't want to see your watts drop. Yeah, you want throughout to be as those steady as minutes. possible. Right. Um, That's hard to do. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's easy to overwatt 
in that first minute? Yeah, the, I found about 13 minutes into an FTP test, if I'm not questioning my sanity by 13 minutes, then I'm not going hard enough. <laughs> so that's, for some reason, 13 minutes is where I would be like, oh my God, is this over? And I'd look up at the time and be like, oh, there's seven minutes left. <laughs> and that's, it's like, okay, well, gotta finish. Yep, yep. But I like doing the hour record, like your eyeballs have popped out of your head and your ears are bleeding and your tongue is 35 feet behind you. Oh. And you look up and you're like, oh, I've only done 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine. I can't either. Oh. Uh, and it's only 20 minutes. That's also a thing I think that people get so worked up in their numbers. Um, Zwift, or a lot of people come at cycling not understanding power because um, not a lot of people need a power meter or want um, right. one. And that's how the game works. So it definitely requires um, a level of knowledge of cycling uh, that's not typical, I would say. Uh, not that the average cyclist doesn't know what power is or care to know. Um, so people, once they get into it and see that what power is, it's easy to become fixated on the on FTP and numbers and, and get intimidated, um, where it really shouldn't be intimidating or you should. You shouldn't need to focus on FTP or do structured intervals if you don't want to. Um, you know, it's just like if people who just go are weekend warriors who just show up to the the coffee ride on a Saturday morning, um, which is how I kind of feel about Zwift at this point, where it's like just gaming with my friends hmm. um, on a bike. Yeah, just showing up to races when I want to, and um, on the weekend I'll I'll probably do a longer race or ride. Um, like on Sat Sunday mornings, we have a group ride that we do that has 200 people show up um, and we race the last 10 miles or so of the 45 mile ride just hmm. for fun. Um, yeah. Just it's a group ride, but we race the end of it just because we can. Yeah. So. Oh, that's cool. You know, it's interesting. You talk about like your average cyclist doesn't need power or uh, some of the same numbers that uh, are prevalent on Zwift and even in the world. Like there's a difference between racing on the road in a um, pack versus something like a triathlon or time trial mm -hmm. where numbers would matter. Yep. Um, miles per hour, watts, time. And like my road bike, I don't have a computer on it. Mm -hmm. I don't have a, I don't know how far, I don't know how fast, I don't know. It That's doesn't awesome. matter. The only thing that matters is where I'm sitting in the field and the strategy and whose wheel I'm on nice. and when I'm on that wheel. And, and I'm not saying I'm good. I'm, I'm going back 20 years when I'm saying like I was competitive, but, uh, you know, the, the only thing that mattered is what place you were in when you crossed that finish line. Nice. Watts didn't matter. Time <clears throat> didn't matter. People would ask, Oh, well, how far was it? I'm like, I don't even know. We raced for somewhere <laughs> around an hour. I don't know. Uh, well, you don't know how far you went. I'm like, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is that I got eighth and I walked away with 50 bucks, <laughs> you know? Yep. So it is, it is interesting. And, and <clears throat> maybe the, the numbers intimidate me, but they're also interesting. And, and like you said, it's, uh, engagement for the brain mm -hmm. and it your 90 minute ride evaporates yep. in a matter of seconds. Yeah. versus a 40 minute ride that can go on for an eternity. Right. Yeah. So huh. for, I think, I think that like just technology in general has made people more numbers focused, like Strava and having yep. a yep. head unit with all your numbers in front of you. Um, it's made it easy for people to get fixated on just 
the data, um, which agreed. I'm a I'm a CPA and an accountant, so that's <laughs> data is I your love life. Data. I love yeah. numbers and data, um, yeah. but there is, I mean, yeah, it is nice to throw your your GPS in your pocket and not pay attention to it. Yeah. And I, honestly, like when we when I write on Zwift, I don't really care about the numbers that I'm putting out. I just want to stay with the group. And then, yeah, at the end of the race, I would like to myself be in front or have a teammate that wins a race. Um, yep. I'll look at the numbers afterwards, but in the oh, moment, interesting. I'm that's... just really focused on going the same speed as everyone around me and then going faster than them at the end. Huh. So. Uh, it's a lot like riding outdoors. Yeah. In that waterworks circuit race. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, speaking of racing, let's transition to the team, uh, Sarah Snowpins. Uh, so many directions we could start this, but why don't we just start at the beginning? Where did it come from and and what is it? Yeah, so um, in in like 20, this is 2018, very late 2018, um, a competitor team of ours, uh, Team Canyon Esports, they started uh, what I'll call pro team. Um, and they were really the first team to do that. And we were like, okay, well, we race against them all the time. And so if a handful of us split off from a team that we were on at the time and, and created a team called Indoor Specialist, which is, has become a term on in Zwift racing um, for people who specialize inside. Um, you know, you have- Whose a, bike stays yeah, on the trainer Yeah, you have out. a time trial specialist, or, um, a hill climb specialist, and there's an indoor specialist, which is what we call ourselves. Um, so for a, a while, that was our team name, Indoor Specialist. Um, and we, um, at the end of 2019, we approached Saris because we wanted to have a, a sponsor that we worked with for our trainers um, and started working with Saris. And then in the, during the pandemic, we became Saris the Pros Closet. Um, we worked with, with uh, Saris and the Pros Closet to start that team. And then um, a year later, we changed to Saris No Pins. Um, but right now we've got like 25 to 28 team members um, all around the world. We're split men and women's team um, with moms and dads, um, young single professionals. Um, but we all, most of us focus primarily on racing inside. Um, there's a handful that do hill climb races or, or road races, but most of us have full-time jobs um, and Zwift is just our, our way of gaming um, and, and having fun while we exercise in the morning. So It's interesting, and again, I'm uh, OG mentality, OG perspective, where you put your name on a jersey and you get your name in some results in a news, newspaper, your picture in a newspaper with the, your jersey and whatever sponsor on there. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and there's some publicity, but you guys are online. I don't know when you race. I don't know how to like, what's your, who's your public and, and how do you bring value to Saris and no pins other than, I guess we're talking about them today, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, for a long time we were raced in, um, since its inception, Zwift has a pro league, um, that we participated in, um, which is they had on GCN and they stream them on YouTube um, and Twitch, which is a, a popular esports uh, platform for, mm -hmm. for streaming content. Um, we're actually not in the current iteration of 
we, we sat out this, well, I'll say season um, of the Zwift Grand Prix. Um, it's just a lot of us have, have had really busy falls and decided to focus on just, you know, actual, our busy lives. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, we, it is, we're very visible and we race all the time and ride all the time. Um, what's, what's funny, most of us just, our window is from 4 a.m. Central to 6.30 a.m. Central. And, you know, we do group rides where we're interacting with the community all the time. And um, we show up to races and a, a whole multitude of races within those hours. And then we have what we call, for our men's team, we have like our afternoon crew who race from 3 p.m. Central to 7.30 p.m. Central. So as far as visibility goes, we're interacting with the community and doing races alongside hundreds of people all the time. And, um, we try and when you're in there, they can tell your avatar is Sarah Snowpins. Yeah. So, uh, most of us put Sarah Snowpins in our name as mm -hmm. well. Um, so on the right side of the screen is a rider list. Um, so you can see that that's our team name. And, um, we also have a kit in the game. So, um, that says as the Saris logo and it says no pins on it. Um, but yeah, the, we, we try our best to win those races and make sure people know who we are. That's awesome. And then I would say another big thing is we, we tend to show up to races with a number of riders, like three to five riders and the whole time try to make it as miserable for everyone else as possible by breaking away and attacking until they give up. <laughs> I'm going to say being animators yes, in the game. exactly. That was kind of a pun. That was a dad pun. <laughs> so Saris is, uh, I know they make the trainers, uh, the uh, Ouija board that your uh, trainer's on. <laughs> uh, what else do they, they used to be big bike brands. I don't know what they do anymore. Yep, Saris does, um, they make like infrastructure, like, uh, like bike lane. Um, they call it like a wave delineator. They make this thing that segregates cars and bikes in the real world yeah it's this thing that sits on the along a bike uh bike path on the road to make sure cars don't cross over the bike lane oh um, i didn't know that they do um like like you know center trails has the a bike pump uh yep, yep. tools they make those um bike racks um like the hitch mounted racks yep. car, the the car mounted racks and um gosh they make a desk which i also have and the rocker plate trainers a handful of different trainers um but yeah they're they've been around for a really long time since the, mm -hmm. making trainers since the 90s they, they used to make power meters as well with the, the power tap hub which was really one of like the first power meters yep. um that people were able to just actually buy and mm -hmm. um i had one for a bit yeah and when i cared the, about power yeah they, why they don't make power meters anymore <laughs> i think shram bought power tap which was that that arm of their business but the no pins is a kit uh, manufacturer in uh, the UK. They make, they invented the speed pocket, um, which is the little window on the back of like a time trial kit. Um, so you can put your your number your number into the the pocket, and so oh. refs can still see it, and it's very aerodynamic. No pins. No pins. Yeah. So they they invented that speed pocket. Huh. Um, they make some of the fastest time trial kits in the world for world tour teams. Um, their road kit is very aerodynamic. Um, what makes it so fast? Golf ball dimples? Yeah, the they have 
seams on the time trial kit that direct the airflow around the rider. Um, and then obviously the, the materials they use are aerodynamic. Um, then the, the speed pocket is, you know, if you don't have anything in the wind, then you're right. gonna be a lot faster. Um, for us, they make something called the Sub-Zero, which is an indoor kit that's perforated. There's holes all over it. Hmm. Um, and then it has a pocket in the lower back and one in between the shoulder blades for these freezer packs. That, oh. Like basically what you put in your, in your lunch box to keep okay. your lunch cold. Um, they slide in and there is no better feeling when you're dying and it's super hot and to put a freezer pack right in between your shoulder blades and just like trick your brain into thinking you're not hurting as bad as you are. Wow. Because <laughs> it cools you down and yeah. especially if it's hot, a lot of people, like I said, don't cool themselves enough. Um, the being able to cool yourself, there's there's nothing that will make you faster than than cooling yourself. Uh, that's interesting. So instead of the stocking with some ice cubes thrown yep. in it, hand it up as you're riding riding up the mountain pass. Yep. They actually they made they took that Sub Zero technology to a road kit. So they have a um, a Sub Zero road kit which has the pockets. Um, so like if you're warming up for an event um, outside on the rollers or, or on your trainer next to your car, then you can keep cool. Um, Describe the ice pack that you slide in there because we said just like in your freezer, I picture like a brick. Yeah, it's it's, it's like a soft gel. Um, it, it's hard when it comes out of the freezer, but it, it becomes malleable, uh, mm -hmm. very soft. But um, yeah, one's like a long rectangle and slides into your lower back. And then the other one's kind of a triangle shape that sits between your shoulder blades. Hmm. And they've got pockets on the kit that actually hold them. So you just slide it into that pocket. And yeah, um, yeah they also have... So, so that when you buy the, the freezer packs, it comes with two sets and they have like a little lunch box that keeps one set cold or see, keeps both sets cold. So when you want to use them, you just unzip it and then close the little lunch box thing again and keep the, keeps those other ones frozen. But yeah. Hmm, that's ingenious actually. It is. It, honestly, for some races, it's like you, you get to the base of a climb and slide one in and it's like, tricks you into thinking you can go harder. <laughs> right, right. Well, it does help you go harder. Um, just just a little bit of relief and, and lowering your pain a little bit. Have you been on Ragbri? I have. There's been some miserably hot days on Ragbri. Yeah. I remember rolling into Marshalltown one year and the bank thing said 108. And uh, oof, we would take that little ice pack and shove yeah. it down our back for sure. Yeah, there's been a number days. of ragbris. So there could be a market on ragbri. Yeah, there's a number of ragbris where I've gotten to the, the middle town and just like posted up at a lake and haven't moved for like right, right. until it's much colder. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll sit there for like four hours with my feet in the water. Yeah, yeah, you guys should um, get out of your basements that week and sell some ice packs that I'll see people if I, put on their back. See if I can convince my teammates to come over. That'd be great. <laughs> that would be great. That'd be kind of fun. So who's on the team? Who who do we watch? Who do we pay attention to this this season? Yeah, seasons. Um, Tell me about seasons. Well, as a, I'll say, as an indoor specialist, there is no season. Um, it's always it's always time to race. Yeah. Um, I don't really. I don't. I, I kind of picture my my experience with Zwift is like a never ending stage race where. Mm -hmm. I can race every single day of the week if I want to. Um, obviously, there's not a, a GC that I'm going for, but um, right. but yeah, we our women's team is in the Grand Prix. Uh, Liz Van Helling, who's um, 
lives in Des Moines here, races on our, our on the Zwift Grand Prix team. Um, Jen Real, um, she's in Texas. She's our women's team manager um, and races in the Grand Prix. And um, I could go through all of our 25 names, but I won't. By memory, <laughs> I'd be impressed. But um, what's your role on the team? I'm officially team manager, I'll say. Um, myself and one other are the co-founders who are on the team right now, um, Holden Camo. Um, he lives in Philly um, and actually works for a, a competitor of Zwift, MyWoosh, hmm. um, which is a game out of um, United Arab Emirates. Um, who They're a big sponsor of Team UAE. Um, but yeah, so he, well, actually the last time Zwift did the, the, the national championships on Zwift, he was the, the winner of that. Uh, oh, wow. That was 2019. So it's been a few years, but, um, but yeah. So, oh, so you got some fast kids. Yeah, uh, a handful of our, our men's team um, are big into hill climb racing. Um, Eric Levinson, um, John Jantz, David Talbot. Those are three of our three of our guys that all live in the Northeast. Um, they raced um, Mount Washington hill climb, mm -hmm. uh, which Phil Guyman won that. But Eric was inches behind um, this last year. Um, so I, I got to ask because I saw photos from. I mean, they looked real. Was that in real life they did the Mount Evans hill climb? Uh, well, it's Mount Washington. Or yeah. Washington, yep, sorry. They did. Um, yeah, okay, so they actually raced Mount Evans. Ac <laughs> they actually raced um, up, up Mount Washington, and Eric has won it a handful of times. Um, wow, Guyman that's impressive. Showed up. Guyman showed up this year and got him by, I think it was like 20 seconds or something. They yeah. had a battle in the last kilometer. That's a hard... That's yeah, a hard it's, road. It's pretty brutal. They, this year, they actually paved. They used to have a portion that was gravel. Mm -hmm. um, they've paved that. Um, which so sort of, it's so much easier. So this easier. year was a yeah. yeah it's still, <laughs> it's still like twelve percent for right. fifty minutes. Um, Courtney Nelson on our women's team. She won the women's race up Mount Washington this year. Wow. Uh, she's kind of a hill climb phenom. She's very very strong. I, I can see how. Hill climbing and riding indoors would translate well to each other, and time trialing. I would yeah, think. I think um, it really tr teaches you how to suffer. Zwift is really like a a mental. Uh, it's a good way to train yourself mentally because if you can suffer for on the trainer inside and well, you can't pedal, it's harder than riding outside. You you can't um, stop pedaling. I mean, right. Uh, you you can, but. You don't you stop at a don't. stop sign. Yeah. You don't like go easy down EP true. You don't like. Right. I've heard one and a half times. Like if you ride 10 miles inside, quote unquote, 10 miles, sure. it's the equivalent of 15 miles outside. Yeah. So I don't write down 15 miles. I write down <laughs> 10, but, but I've heard that there's that because you're not stopping. Yeah. But I think, but you're right. It does. It does translate well to hill climb or time trialing um, because it does teach you just to really know how to mentally suffer. Mm -hmm. And that's, I, I actually got into, I did Elkhart for a handful of years. I haven't done it since before um, COVID, um, but I got significantly better at racing Elkhart, which 
for those of you who don't know, is a very short local time trial here. Um, it's 12 eight, kilometers. Eight miles-ish. Yeah. yeah. Yep, seven and a half miles. And um, it is just pancake flat, 180 degree turn at the halfway point. And I was fast doing it. I would podium um, when I'd go do it. And then I did about a year of Zwift racing and then went back and I took like a minute, God, minute and a half off my time. Wow. Um, my, my, I have the course record right now at 14.11. Wow. Um, which I think the next closest is 14.46. Jeez. So I, I really, which I don't know if I'll ever be able to go that fast for, <laughs> for that time. Do you have but, a fairing? <laughs> yeah. Holy uh, moly. That, they they repaved the road the year before, so it wasn't freshly repaved, but the road is was like pretty pristine. Better, yeah. And that night was perfect wind um, where it felt like a tailwind both ways. Oh, I think nice. I averaged 32 miles an hour. Holy crap. For the 1411. That's cooking. Yeah, it was, it was very fun. Yeah, I bet that was fun. So yeah, this next, fun. this next, uh, this next summer, I really owe it to myself to get my TT bike fixed up again and, and go race it. Yeah. That's awesome. So where does this team go? What's, uh, what's your vision with it? Honestly, to what we're doing right now is where I see it going in the future. Um, we, all of us look at this as just pure enjoyment. Um, none of us are quitting our day jobs to become so contracts aren't a hundred grand a year yeah, for every no. none of us are, are see it as a pathway to professional cycling which okay. which many people um have and do use zwift as a as a way to catapult themselves to the, like the pro tour or uh a connie team um, oh gosh i mean there's people who freaking race the tour de france i can't think of his name but dude who got a contract for last summer jay vine and he rode well in the Tour de oh, France. Oh, yeah. He's... And that he came from Zwift. He earned it by winning the Zwift Academy. He did, yes. That's crazy. Yeah, he's, he's truly He phenomenal. had to have had some outdoor experience before that he as did. well. He did. He raced at the Connie level um, in, or in the UCI Oceana Tour. Um, mm -hmm. So at, at the Pro Tour level um, in Australia. Um, so, yeah, he, he clearly had had the, the Palmares to, uh, to race on, in the world tour. He um, did, but he earned his way there by winning Zwift Academy, which did. is crazy. So it, it can be a pathway to a totally. pro contract. But, but I'll say our team, none of us look at, look at it in that way. Um, clearly, we all want to race at the highest level and, and do see ourselves um, in having the ability to keep up with people who race in the, in the world tour. But at the end of the day, we're all competitive in nature and just like the ability to race together, um, have the, the, the cafe ride on, in, our, in the morning when we all would have to just do it our, by ourselves if there, if there wasn't Swift to enable it. Um, you know, I have a two-year-old here um, and I like to be present. If I was racing, when I started racing in Cat 5, I, as a Cat 5, I was like, well, maybe I'll race and try and cat up and get to cat one and but that would the effort and trying to the amount that it would impact my life of trying to get there i'd have to travel and do a bunch of racing and be away and um i kind of love the the convenience of being able to still race at a top level and not have it really impact my 
my daily life in any way, shape or form. Like, right. you know, being able to wake up, go to my basement, do a race against, you know, Victor Campenarts on last Tuesday and then go to work. I, I think that there's no better way to um, scratch my competitive itch than to be able to do it on Zwift that huh. way. That's pretty cool. I don't remember the number, but I just saw in your Instagram, you posted, like you just have hit some amazing milestone on number of hours and number of kilometers on Zwift. What was that? Yeah, I think when I posted that, it was 100,000 kilometers. That's crazy. Since and then, like I've done an additional... 18,542 hours or something. Yeah, some, yeah like 100 and... Uh, I think it was like 190 days or something of, of cumulative time. Um, yeah, I think right now I'm sitting like above 85,000 miles. So inching up on, it'll take another year or so and I'll get to the 100,000 miles. I'm in the top 50 for distance leaders of, of all time um, on Zwift. On, like of all the humans on Zwift, you're in the top 50? I'm in the top 50. Dang. Can which... I touch you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, I... I pride myself. It's it's sad. It's like, man, I do ride inside a lot. You're a numbers guy, right? Yeah. You, yeah. you keep an eye on that I, number? I do, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, That's awesome. it's just, I, I started very early. I wasn't, uh, I didn't, Zwift was in beta for a few years or before mm -hmm. they launched publicly. And um, I never joined, uh, Jarvis was the original island for the game. I never, I didn't ride it um, on Jarvis at all, but my my member number is in fifty five thousands, so I'm in the first fifty five thousand people to join the game. Well, um, I got that beat. And oh, dude, my USAC number is uh, four eight eight one two five, so uh, I'm in the first fifty thousand of nice. USAC. Yeah, so there you That's go. That's awesome. Yeah, five five digits. I'm proud of that. <laughs> Mine's probably in the hundred thousands. <laughs> I have to check. Uh, uh, but yeah, funny. so I've been I've been at it for a very long time, and honestly. I wasn't, I didn't get into cycling through cycling. I got into it through Zwift. So, yeah. um, that's just kind of, uh, just, I was first, uh, an indoor specialist cyclist second. Yeah. So 85,000 miles on Zwift. How many miles did you do outdoors last year? Oh goodness. I mean, that's probably sad to even admit. I don't even, I don't really even know, but less than a thousand for yeah. sure. I, I really only ride outside if I, I don't even, oh, I really just don't ride outside very often. Um, this summer I rode outside quite a bit. I would take my son in his burly. So, I mean, different kind of riding, but yep. we would go around and do 10 miles or so. Um, cause he absolutely loves it. Um, Ooh, cool. but yeah, I, I've done a few, I did, um, I've done Tuesday night worlds a handful of times in the last few years. Last year I did it once and I actually got the KOM for the full, uh, route. <laughs> so what's so funny, it was a fast night. It was a very fast night. Yeah. yeah. And I, I didn't win actually. Randy Reichart beat me at the end, but I had, I guess I had started behind him at the start sure. of the, of the route. So I still won, uh, the KOM. Where does that start and finish? Because there's so many stoplights and stop signs. I think the official starts like in Beaverdale somewhere. And then the finish is that stop sign, um, on Merle Hay. Okay. But so yeah, it's like 28, so it does it's like 28 miles. Time. Yeah. 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 Um, but What's so funny is I have the, the men's KOM and I hardly ride Tuesday Night Worlds or outside and Liz Van Howling has the QOM and she's I also the that. same. I so, believe that, yeah. Uh, that's funny. But. That is funny. I remember one time we finished it back when I could finish it. It was, it was uh, 
I mean, the highest category, there were some threes and fours and mm -hmm. that was it. And, uh, Dave Lippold's like, Oh, we broke 25 mile an hour average for that week. That's the fastest <laughs> we've ever gone. And I'm sure it's way above that now. Yeah. Now there's just pros so fast. showing yeah, up. Yeah, It's crazy. Yeah. I think when we did it, we averaged 28 for that hour, the, yeah. the hour of the, the actual race effort, mm -hmm. which yeah, we were, we were cooking. It was fun. Yeah, that is fun. Um, I, this is a sidebar, but it's about Tuesday Night Worlds, and mm -hmm. I didn't talk about it when I interviewed Zimmer, Matt Zimmer. But I'm riding, I, I get dropped coming out of Ankeny. Mm -hmm. I use it to get out of town, and I use it as a social <laughs> ride to get out yep. of town. And, and I get some extra miles, you know, longer than I would normally ride. So, uh, so I'm riding home, and I'm on the trails coming along the east side of Sailorville. And, uh, and I'm, I mean, I still keep the effort on. Um, road bike. So I'm not like, I'm not on my hybrid watching the birds mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah. And some dude like comes up quick behind me and I'm like, Oh, Hey, Oh, and it looked like racer dude. And, uh, and I just kind of jumped on his wheel and we started talking and, um, I was like, Oh, did you get dropped on Tuesday night? And he's like, no, what's that? And I was like, Oh, the world championships. He's like, Oh, is that tonight? I'm like, yeah. And, uh, we're talking and he was just on his way driving through the country overnight in Des Moines, mm -hmm. got on his bike, went for a ride. He's like, oh, this is my Matt Zimmer, uh, in search of Matt Zimmer ride. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? He's like, oh, I just th think it'd be funny to run into Matt Zimmer. And I'm like, oh, want me to take you to him? <laughs> so we rode down, we rode across the dam and back north and ran into the uh, world championships coming home <laughs> and Zimmer. I thought the dude knew Zimmer Yeah. and Zimmer's like, who's this guy? <laughs> who's this follow? I'm like, uh, he, he was in search of you, That's but funny. we found him. It was, it was super random <laughs> and I thought quite funny, but anyway, that's, that's my Tuesday night world story for the day. Nice. Yeah. All right. I think my conclusion was going to be, uh, how many miles did you ride outdoors? So I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll wrap this up, Matt. Uh, I don't know. Have fun riding in your basement and uh, <laughs> thank you we'll look for the sarah Snowpins kit uh, it's a distinctive it's a good looking kit thank you we uh we leaned hard into the pink uh this year we uh, we had black bibs for our previous kit <clears throat> and this year we're like you know what if we're gonna go pink we're gonna go all in on the pink yeah that's great well it you guys stand out, out. I, yep. I you know i see you on instagram where are you on instagram what should they follow on instagram for myself it's it's like matt gardner we'll probably link it somewhere um and then for the team it's saris.nopins on, on instagram dig it and you guys have a website we do yep um sarasnopins.com and then on there there's on our individual rider profiles a lot of us stream our races um, on Twitch, so um, there's links to our various Twitch accounts where we'll stream races on a regular basis. So if you happen to be awake at 4 a.m. on a Tuesday, you can catch one of the races live. <laughs> That's awesome. Can people like look for you and find you on Zwift? Yeah, and of course. And jump in? Yeah. Yep, yep. Just at search 4 Matt, at, Just search Matt Gardner on, on the Zwift Companion app. Um, give me a follow. Um, I'm always riding. So. That's awesome. It sounds like you are always riding 85,000 miles. That's crazy. <laughs> Thank you. Well, listen, thanks tons for being on uh, Bike on the Trainer Talk with Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I appreciate your time and uh, have fun riding. Great. Thanks for having me, Dave. You bet. 
Well, thanks tons to Matt. Uh, Sarah Snowpins is definitely on the web. Uh, Sarah Snowpins, Google that and uh, look for them on Instagram. And of course, if you are riding and racing online, look for the bright pink Sarah Snowpins kits. And uh, I don't know, sit on their wheel. They seem to have that thing figured out. So it was a fun conversation and I definitely look forward to expanding my uh, kind of my attitude about riding and racing indoors. We'll see where that goes for me, but uh, it was a great conversation with Matt and I appreciate his time. I also want to say thank you to you for listening and I would encourage you to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It definitely helps others find the show and that's awesome. If you want to support the show financially, that would be sweet. Uh, You can go to buymeacoffee.com and look for Bike Talk with Dave. Or keep life simple and just shoot me a Venmo at David-Mabel. And uh, if you do, I will be happy to send you a Bike Talk with Dave sticker crafted by our friends at Bike Rags Apparel. The other thing that is super exciting is Bike Rags is doing a hat. For the Bike Talk with Dave podcast. If you want to get your hat, Venmo me 20 bucks if you want to pick it up locally. If you want me to send it to you, add five bucks for postage and obviously include your address. Uh, so shoot me a Venmo at David-Mabel and be happy to put in your order for a Bike Talk with Dave hat. First ever, it will be a collector's edition, I am sure made by our friends at Bike Rags. I also want to thank BikeIowa.com for being the online host of Bike Talk with Dave. You can find most of our episodes right there on BikeIowa.com in the news and events section. Uh, BikeIowa.com is a great place to find all the Iowa and Midwest events, trails, news, information, and has been around for more than 20 years. I would encourage you to bookmark bikeiowa.com and check back often. I also want to thank the Nadas. You may have noticed new music last week. I really have been wanting to highlight some local music. And Jason Walsmith of the Nadas is a good friend. And he has supplied me with a bunch of the Nadas instrumental work. So their songs without vocals. Last week I featured The River and I will probably do that again this week but I have not yet edited the show so it may be a different song. So again thank you to Jason Walsmith and the Nottas. Uh, You know what I also got to give a shout out to DSM Boards. They are not a sponsor I just want to be clear. Uh, (laughs) It is my daughter's. She is uh, helping kick that company off the ground and they do a great job with super creative charcuterie boards. Whether it's a dessert board, whether it's a holiday board, whether it's a birthday board with a special theme, uh, your typical charcuterie board, look for DSM boards on Instagram, on Facebook. They have a website, I'll put a link in the show notes and you can connect up. Thanks again for listening to Bike Talk with Dave. Bike Talk with Dave is a production of Summit Media Films, an award-winning independent film company that can take care of all your video, still photography, editing needs. Check us out on Instagram at Summit Media Films. Again, I appreciate you listening. 
and I hope you have a great week.